Hello, and welcome everybody to today's podcast, Setting the Record Straight. My name is Jonathan Lee. I am the president of the Financial Education Partnership and the founder of the Foundation for Financial Education. Today, we are going to be talking about how to choose a financial advisor. It's not going to take long for us to understand why the title of this podcast series is called Setting the Record Straight. Unfortunately, the number one place by far that people go to for information and advice is the internet. And so let's start off today's podcast by assuming that you will have already gone to the internet or will do so after you you listen to this podcast and Google how to choose a financial advisor. I suggest everybody do this at some point because what you will immediately see is an entire page of just advertisements, right? There's advertisements for people who are selling you their financial services that are selling you on how to choose one of their financial advisors or trying to sell you on a service on how to vet financial advisors, which of course are just a bunch of financial advisors who've paid these people a fee to endorse them or recommend them. So how do we sort through all of this misinformation and really savvy marketing when really what we're trying to do is trying to make good decisions for our family situation? Well, first of all, my background as a financial advisor back in the 90s came all the way from New York City when I was one of the youngest financial advisors in the country through Metropolitan Securities. And back in those days, we were all just trained to sell investments and different types of financial products. And even though we called ourselves either financial planners or financial advisors, we just simply had to have a license in order to sell financial products. Nowadays, things are a little bit different. People can give advice without licenses to sell financial products simply with different designations. And of course, many people have designations as well as licenses. The other thing that has evolved over time is that the walls have come down and the regulation has changed so that now different types of professionals can be financial advisors and sell financial products, i.e. CPAs and other types of professionals without it being a conflict of interest. So there's designations and there's licenses But for the most part, we feel like the most important part of choosing a relationship with any type of financial professional is knowing about that person's background, having them share their philosophy with you, and then making sure that is a fit for you and your family. Because it doesn't matter how much somebody knows or how much experience they have if their thoughts and philosophies and ideas do not align with your own. There's also a very common misconception because we do get asked this question all the time. Are you a fiduciary or what is a fiduciary? And that is a topic that I think is very, very commonly misunderstood. Nowadays, people can simply take a class in order to become a fiduciary. In fact, some fiduciaries do not even have the accreditations or the licenses to give financial advice. The general rule of thumb for a fiduciary relationship is one must put 
the client's best interests ahead of their own. Well, that doesn't mean that they can't sell you products that are designed for their own personal financial gain. That also doesn't mean that they've got to show you all the different companies' products. It just means that they have to get to know you and your financial situation in order to in order to make a suitable recommendation. And of course, they are allowed to sell you their own financial products that create the most financial gain for themselves. So you have large brokerage organizations, you have independent people. Uh, fiduciaries can come in many different shapes and sizes. And in fact, there are organizations out there right now that claim to give people fiduciary credentials and, and licenses um, and it's just simply companies that have a class that they run people through, um, and there may not be the same amount of oversight as you would want to see or have with somebody who is actually licensed to give financial advice or to sell investments. So the fiduciary relationship is incredibly uh, misunderstood, and I think that the safety of knowing that you're working with a fiduciary is not what people think. So in every situation, we always have to go back to the caveat emptor, buyer beware. It is up to you to do the due diligence, to get to know where the person came from, what their background is, what their education looks like, and making sure that that person is aligned or that group is aligned with you and your family. We have seen many, many relationships, whether they're financial planner or advisor relationships, fiduciary relationships, any type of relationship at all, where people are not getting properly serviced. They're not getting strategic advice. They're just being pushed investments or sold investments without any real sort of bigger picture plan, exit strategies, tax and estate planning ideas, and things like that. It really should be up to you to know that the person that you're dealing with is concerned about your overall family's welfare and not just selling them an investment or managing one account. For a true financial planner, financial advisor, or any type of relationship you would like to have with any type of financial professional, the first key is to understand that they should be well-versed in the macroeconomic model of money. They should understand how money works. They should understand your personal situation. They should understand how to create a plan and a roadmap for you to follow. And then lastly, of course, they should understand products and investments. What we have found is that many people are just like they were 30 plus years ago when they were just selling something and you can have as many credentials and licenses as you want until that person has a genuine interest in making sure that you develop a plan, long-term, strategic, to include tax, estate planning, elder planning, transition planning, um, all these other types of things, then we would probably say that you are dealing with somebody who is not the type of relationship that most people are looking for. We oftentimes don't want to get too personal when it comes to dealing with financial professionals. But it's similar to a doctor. You don't want to just say, doctor, I have a pain here and have him prescribe medication. 
you would like him to take your vital signs, your heart rate, your blood pressure, know a little bit about your history to make sure that their recommendations that they're making, he or she, does not conflict with your human physiology, background, or any other types of uh, situations medically. Financially, it's similar. You don't want somebody to just prescribe or sell you or offer to you some type of investment or advice without really understanding how you operate, what your goals are, what your long-term ideas and interests are. One of the main telltale signs is if your financial advisor doesn't know your tax rate. If that financial advisor does not know your tax rate, how can they possibly be giving you advice on your money, your exit strategies, when to pull money out, how much to pull out, and what order to pull out, what's your retirement date? It's very simple if you understand how money works to know the difference between the current tax rate where somebody is right now and where they're potentially going to be in the future for retirement or even for their estate. What rates are your estate going to get taxed at? But it's a very, very sort of rookie move for an investment professional to start throwing investments and advice at people without really knowing and understanding their tax rates. Should you be doing Roth conversions? Should you be doing post-tax or pre-tax? Should you be focusing on things that have capital gains tax? Should you be planning your estate for step-up and basis? Should you be sheltering your money in a trust? These are all the questions that a true financial professional is going to want to know before they start giving you any type of specific advice. And these are the questions that many, many people and the relationships they have with their financial people never get asked. Now, of course, we can go into the you know three or four different types of financial advisors, fee-based financial advisors. You've seen a lot of advertisements on TV that talk about commission-based, fee-based, and then asset-based, which is the third one we're going to talk about. But the fee-based advisor typically charges an hourly rate, and they collect money based upon some type of hourly rate, either an annual meeting or however often you want to meet with this person. But the fee-based advisors don't, excuse me, the fee-based advisors don't have a vested interest in how you do. Right? If you do really, really well, that's fine with them. If you don't do well, that's fine with them too, because they collect money in the fee. They have no vested interest. So do you want to have a long-term relationship with somebody that basically collects the fee no matter what? And I think that's an important question to ask yourself. The second type of advisor is the commission-based advisor. So they need to sell you a financial product in order to make money. If you don't buy their financial product, they don't make any money. And of course, they're usually going to be selling you a certain type of or maybe even a, a few different products that they are well-versed in and maybe it makes them the most amount of money. Um, but obviously, you want to be wary of people that only do commission-based investing. The third is called asset-based. This is one of the ones that seems a certain way on the surface but may end up being a little bit different once we dig a little deeper. This is the ones where you've seen the advertisements on TV that say, we only do better when you do better and so on and so forth. Um, the asset-based have pros and cons, but the idea is – they typically collect their fee no matter what. So if they make you money, yeah, absolutely, they make a little bit more money. But if they lose your money, believe it or not, 
they still make a whole bunch of money. So they're making money no matter what. A lot of people don't really benefit from those types of relationships like they should. Because again, it's financial incentive. If the person knows all they've got to do is keep your money, whether the market goes up, down, or sideways, as long as they keep your money, they're padding their pockets, that might not be the relationship that people necessarily want. And we don't really see a ton of value in those people during flat markets or down markets because they're collecting their money. And then, of course, when the market does really, really well, we think, oh, gee, our, our, our guy is doing a fantastic – or gal is doing a fantastic job for us when in reality you would have made money anywhere, right? When the markets go up, you would have really made money anywhere. So what's more important than really understanding and, and focusing in on the difference between fee-based, commission-based, and asset-based, we strongly recommend that you get to know an organization or an individual that really has tremendous amount of experience, a really, really good background, and a clear and concise philosophy that you believe in and that you believe will be there with you throughout your retirement life. So we can talk about many different aspects of how to choose a financial advisor, but I, we really want everybody to think today about the key factor, which is the relationship. You don't need a financial advisor to buy an investment. You can buy those on your own. So the true value comes from, are these people experienced enough and knowledgeable enough to know that a plan needs to be created that's going to work in many different circumstances, not just if the market goes up. So taxes go up, inflation goes up, medical emergencies arise. People live too long. The relationship that we want to consider forging is with people that have the knowledge to make plans work through all these different situations. It's sexy and exciting to talk about the stock market, but so little control is driven by the financial person who sells you an investment in the stock market. There's way more control and leverage that you can gain by somebody with a knowledge of how money works that can create a plan that you can follow that will work in many different market environments and has the experience and the knowledge to help you pivot in case something goes wrong. So hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast. Hopefully it got you thinking. My name is Jonathan Lee, and I'm here to set the record straight. Thank you. Thank you.